I have a very special guest today, um, independent filmmaker uh, and CEO of Reactant Films, uh, Michael Veritas, man. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you I, uh, so much for having me. We've been trying to put this together for over half a year now. It's great that we can finally have a chance to sit down and do this. I know. Um, I, uh, I started at the Actors Workout Studio uh, last, last November, and within weeks of me working with Irene Muzzy, she was like, as soon as she found out what I was into, she's like, you need to meet Michael Veritas. And you get to know him. Uh, so we met for like five minutes. That's uh, right. I was filming sort of... out in the back one day and you just came out. And... Yeah. Um, with uh, with Greg, Greg uh, Niebel. Is that how you spell his name? Yeah. Greg yeah. Niebel. Uh, yeah. Greg Niebel. Um, uh, which uh, that, that piece was really cool, by the way. What was that called? Um, so it was early, early retirement. retirement. Yeah. So yeah. each each one of my films, I try and work on a different element. Obviously, like uh -huh. I, I like to shoot stories that I care about. Yeah. But also each time I'm trying to work on a different element in my filmmaking. Uh -huh. So that film, that whole film is a one take. Yes, sir. So impressive. That's why we. That's, that's what I was working on for that particular one. And also, you know, again, working with a micro cast and a micro crew just to make it more manageable for us. Yeah. Um. So that was a while ago when we. Uh, so that was more than a year ago. Was it a year? Last November. I don't. I don't know. That was a while ago. But um, I've been watching you work, man, on on the Instagram. You seem like you're always always in production, man. Well, that's they, they, that's the uh, that's the hope that we're always working on something. And I I have this uh, methodology that's like you don't just work on one thing at a time mm -hmm. because filmmaking is always a process. So you have to have things in pre production, in production, mm -hmm. and in post production at all times because there's always going to be hiccups and obstacles that you're facing that are going to slow down productions at various stages. So if you have multiple things going on at the same time, mm. and that's not for everybody too. Like mm. I, I like the pressure. I, I find that mm. I get a lot more done when I'm under the gun with a lot of projects at the same time. Some people may need like to get overwhelmed and they can only do one thing at a time. But I find mm. that like if I have several things in the hopper, I always have something to do. And yeah. I always feel motivated and like I'm accomplishing something and being productive. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, they say to uh like I was saying before we started, um, you know, talk to the people, find the people, seek out the people that are doing what you want to do mm -hmm. and find out how they got there. Like I wanted I've wanted to make movies since mo uh, as my voice cracked since I was a wee little lad I wanted to make movies <laughs> just a wee laddie you know um, just a bean spray yeah um and here you are man reactant films I I counted thirty plus projects on your website alone like uh yeah it's that's it's impressive that is a lot of shit like <laughs> I I consider myself a filmmaker I've got like two under my belt like mm -hmm. that's so where 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 does that come from man is you just like how does when, yeah, well, what was the genesis of your it, it, is, it is it is a long story i mean mm. i i sort of feel like we should first start with just what what it is like right now because you said there's there's a lot of people that aren't aren't doing a lot right now because right. of the, the circumstances and yeah. stuff like that and i think even when things in you know, times are normal so to speak mm. there's a lot of waiting that goes on right and that's it's such a trap because everyone thinks like oh i have to have so many things in place before i get going and the mm -hmm. answer is, if you're waiting for the right time, you're going to find that you already missed it. It was in, It's in the past. And sometimes people get, they fall into that money trap of like, oh, I want to raise these funds to be able to do this fancy thing. And again, it's like, that's going to hold you back. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think people have to be careful with like, the language that they use. Like, ah, I, I can't do this because I can't do that. It's like, I never have enough time or money or like the locations of the things I really want. And you never do. Mm. And you can look at that as a disadvantage. Um, one of the, I, I compete in the 48 hour film festival every year um, because it always challenges me. Hell yeah. That's and, fun. you know, I go up against teams that have significantly more resources than I do. And they have all these, these almost bloated, you know, crew components and they have all this technology and stuff like that. But that 
you know, going up against those guys, I can get so much more accomplished in a shorter amount of time because we're light and we're fast. Right. And that's that's not a disadvantage at all. It's like use what you have at your disposal. It's like we don't have to, you know, it doesn't take us two hours to do a company move. It's like yeah. we can fit everybody in one, you know, SUV and we're gone. Like, like mm-hmm. that's that mobility is a real asset when you're when you're coming up against a time crunch. Right on. And also, because I usually write the projects and I'm doing a lot of the cinematography and directing too, it's like it saves time in post production because I only I don't get just everything. I get what I know what I need mm-hmm. and then I move on. Yeah. And a lot of times when you have work delegated out for larger productions, like. The editor had no say in the script. Mm. The editor had no say in like mm-hmm. what shots the, the DP got or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in these smaller scale productions, like you can control all of that. Yeah. It's like one of the things that I, you know, I love about being a screenplay writer is that I watch the film before anybody else does. You know, it's already <laughs> yeah. in there. That's and a really good, really the more time you spend on set, and you know, I'll come back to this later, is like the more time you spend on set, you learn that it informs your writing. Mm okay, I have to write this script in a way that I can physically shoot it. Mm-hmm. And when I go, like in the movie, like the cut to cut, you can put that in the screenplay. Like mm-hmm. that moment on camera, how is that going to translate to the next scene? Because mm-hmm. you can just be like, oh, the guy's at work and then the guy's at home. It's like, uh-huh. yeah, but what do you, what, when you use that cut, uh-huh. what are you going to cut to specifically? Uh-huh. So do you, do you usually put that in your script? Like as you write it? Absolutely. Like, yeah. be, so that like, because yeah. I have to think about it in a very visual way. Yeah. And the more, uh, the more time you spend on set, you know, working as a camera operator or whatnot, you realize that you have to have that in the screenplay when you in your mind when you're writing, so that you you're not you don't box yourself in a corner. It's like okay, and slow fade out to the other thing. It's like did it did it cut smooth? Yeah, you know. And a lot of the times, so um, and one of the bigger projects I worked with last year, um, we had this uh, sandwich bag that the two characters were eating, and they get they get shot, and their blood ends up on the sandwich bag, and I cut to in the next scene. A, a lunch bag that had ketchup on it uh, and it's uh-huh. you know i had to know when i was writing the script that i was going to cut from one image to the other that would make sense mm-hmm. because it's like a it's like a parallel mm. it's like you're, you're you the audience gets to be like oh that makes sense you know yeah it's like they and 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 the sandwich bag is not the most important thing and neither was the bag with the ketchup <laughs> on it but it's a it's a way to cut to it that makes sense right right because otherwise you're just cutting to a new location the audience has to figure out what the heck is going on now yeah, you know, it's like a more sophisticated way of filmmaking. It's more and and a more sophisticated way of screenplay writing. Right. And you can only do that from doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, practice you know? makes perfect, right? It, the it age really old, is. The age it really old thing. Is. Um, what do you say to people that that are like, well, how, if you really want to be successful, you need to just you know pick your one thing and and just focus on that and put everything into that one it, thing. It's true. Okay, so. Yeah, that's one thing I want to talk about is, so there's two schools of thought, right? Uh There's the focus on quality and the focus on quantity. Now, Mm -hmm. you can't throw out either one completely, Mm -hmm. right? If you're a perfectionist and you're trying to go for quality and perfect quality, it's like you never get it finished. You spend your whole, you know, your whole life trying to make this one film perfect, which, you know, it's an impossible standard, right? And the other thing is you throw stuff together so sloppily Mm -hmm. just to get it out that, you know, it's, it's a piece of junk and it's not worth your time. So you have to find a little bit of a balance. But I definitely lean towards the quantity element because mm-hmm. a lot 30 films man that's a lot that's a lot yeah. of films that's... i mean and those are just the ones on the side. i think i'm right i'm right around 50 total and um what one of the problems is that like if you spend so much time trying to get all the details hammered out mm-hmm. it's like you get bogged down it's like mm-hmm. you ha- there is like every project has a certain amount of like natural inertia or momentum you're never more excited about a project than when you when it's in its initial inception you start getting ideas 
that you know people are really excited about it and you have this moment in time to make it and if you sit on that project for just just a couple of months it's just going to slow down it's going to get bloated and you're just not going to be able to execute it in a timely fashion um in in 2017 and 2018 i shot just about a film a month wow which goes to show you you don't need all this preparation planning time uh-huh. if you're going to write a, if you're going to write something and you want to execute it in a short timeline write it with location that you know that you can have mm. you know you've got all right uh, how many you know when you're in the film community you have lots of actors and actresses at your disposal when you're writing something do you have some of them in mind already mm-hmm. you know or you're going to go straight to the well and try and figure out okay i don't know anybody who's right for this and then really try and find somebody or you're like you know this character reminds me of somebody like greg Nebel, right yeah as soon as i'm writing i'm just like oh man that relationship is so strong already i can just jump right into that mm. and then i sort of craft a character so it's and then i use the location that i know i can find you know you you don't have you don't write scenes oh i've got a helicopter landing on a moving train it's like <laughs> throw that out yeah forget about it yeah. you know that you know if your story is not good um you know, without those things, it won't be good with them. Mm-hmm. You know, right? That that's a that's a trap that he's falling into right now. And so one of my buddies, he had this uh, short film that he was writing, and he was like, "I have to have this character arrive on a helicopter." He's like, "I have mm-hmm. to have it happen." And we we brainstormed for literally like two straight weeks how we could do this thing, and we were actually able to pull it off. All we did was we we bought three industrial fans, and mm-hmm. when you buy them from certain things like you know one of those major department stores, they actually have a return policy. So as long as you don't bang them up too much, you uh-huh. can literally return these things, and it's a free, you know, piece Ooh, of equipment. Sly devil, that's that's that's. Good so one. you know, so yeah. we ran out, uh-huh. and what we did is we have so there's three characters that are watching the chopper show up, and what we do is we blast them with the wind, and you know we do it this chopper sound effect in uh-huh. post, right? And and then uh, we we built we had this piece of PVC piping that looked mm-hmm. like the running skid of a helicopter, and we put that down. We get the three fans blowing the grass around it, and then the dude's boot steps on the PVC, and then he steps off. And then we cut, you know, so like, Damn. and yeah. it's all about the reactions, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, because seeing the helicopter is not the most important thing. It's just that he has to arrive in that way. It's like you, it, the only limits are your crea- or your own creativity. Right. We spent like $18 with the PVC piping, a little bit of black spray paint and three industrial fans that we didn't actually end up paying for at all. Damn, that's it's like, that's indie as And fuck. that's a helicopter <laughs> landing, you know? Uh-huh. So you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. And then, and then you have, you can even throw in a piece of dialogue like, had to show up in a helicopter, had to do that, you know, like, yeah. so that there's, there's no question about what's going on. Right. You know, and you can find ways if you're creative to cheat all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like thinking, it's like, uh, putting together a puzzle that you don't have like the actual picture for, but you just, that's like, a great analogy. I, I, uh, I, I, that's filmmaking for me, man. I just, it's, I love it. It is so fun. It just makes you think outside of the box, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what is, um, okay. What about Hardest film, first film or your last film? Um, so of all the films I ever tried to make, only one didn't mm. get completed. Mm. Um, and and that's because I I tried to do too much. Mm. You know, it, there is sort of like a progression. Um, I you, and you have to try and fail things. You know, like all of my films have problems in them because mm. I was always stretching the limits of what I was capable of, mm. and with that one project, I tried to do too many things all at the same time, you know, and I learned a lot of things the hard way. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, my, my first film, cause I was very realistic about it. I told everybody that was involved. I was like, this is the worst thing that we will ever make. 
because I know from from seeing that it's a learning process. And I feel bad mm. when when filmmakers like like oh this is my first film but it's my baby. Yeah. Like I've been sitting on that, I've been thinking about every song, and I'm like okay, don't make that one. <laughs> Save that one until you've learned a thing or two. Because uh. even if you have experienced filmmakers helping you out. Mm-hmm your first film is always going to suck and you have to be okay with that. You have to embrace the suck in that way. Like your, your goal as a filmmaker is to suck less over time because <laughs> you know, yes, the, everyone and everyone loves to quote that. Like, Oh, you know, Tarantino's first movie was Reservoir Dogs. Uh-huh. I'm like, he's the exception. Yeah. You're not the exception. You're the rule. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. you just have to, you know, have like a, a molecule of humility and modesty about it. It's like, you're not going to be great out of the gate. Nobody was, you know, you, mm-hmm. you have to just find your, your way of making films. And that take that's a process. Yeah. And that, and then we're circling back to like the quantity thing. It's like, I had to make so many mis- films because I made so many mistakes. Mm. Even if I had tried to really get it right that first time, it still wouldn't be as good as it, I just kept failing over and over because it's like the more times, more at bats you take, you know, you just improve your odds of getting better. So that like your your baseline for the things you get wrong raises. You don't worry about like the top of the film; it's the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I I tried this and I learned I got that wrong, but I w- I won't get that wrong the next one and on the next one the next one. So the mm-hmm. the baseline of the worst part of your film rises each time, mm-hmm. and you advance yourself. And like that's you know I, I never actually went to film school. Mm-hmm. I just went through the process of you know I I educated myself as much as I could yeah. independently for free. Using that is, resources like I'm sure YouTube a lot of and everything. Film like school that. graduate attest that you probably they probably wish they would have done that themselves. And save myself thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. And also I volunteered to do uh-huh. any job on set, period. Like uh-huh. the very first set I was ever on, uh-huh. I worked like 22, 23 hours as a grip for free. Damn. How old I, are you? Um I was in my late twenties. And um I I really just went in there with the like i know nothing but i'm going to be of you know i'm going to bring value to this production right because i was like i'm just grunt labor but i'm going to soak up everything grunt labor and a good attitude those are like that's indispensable on a film so you know i I will tell you like people say like what's the most important thing like oh you want someone who's really attractive or really talented or like has all these things like no give me somebody with a good attitude And I can make that person a valuable member of the team. Right, man. It's like if everything else, give me a good attitude, uh, you know, because when, especially in indie, it's like, okay, here we are, hour nine, hour 10. Yeah. You know, it's like we're, we're, it, we don't have the proper, like, you know, in a, on a proper full studio sag set, they've got chairs and mm-hmm. AC and all this stuff like that. And it's like, where are we? We're, we're crammed in a bathroom trying to get this shot. You know, it's like yep. we're, we're all sweating. It's, you know, like we've got one day to get this. And then like the, the dude's parents coming back. So <laughs> we lose the location. So we got to get it now. And if people have a good attitude, uh-huh. you're all going to make it work. And it's going to be not just, uh, you know, you're not just going to survive the moment. It's going to be enjoyable mm-hmm. because the moment that filmmaking becomes a chore, it's over. Yeah. You know, you have to keep finding reasons to love this. Yeah. You know, and you see the people that get in for the wrong reasons. Like, oh, I want to be the next Scarlett Johansson or something like that. It's like, first of all, you're not going to be. Yeah. And there's only one of those. You know, and yeah. when and and if if they don't just fall in love with all of the different elements of filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the process itself is what is amazing to me. You know, mm-hmm. you have to love all the stuff that isn't the glamorous part. Yeah. And if you can find a way to love those things, then it'll never be a chore. Like I have, mm-hmm. I have, you know, I work 80 hours a week. One is a full-time job that pays for everything. And then the other is filmmaking. 
and filmmaking costs me more money than it ever makes, <laughs> but yeah. it never feels like a job, yeah. you know, because of how I approach it. And I'm super grateful that I have a full-time job that lets me, you know, just do what I love for a very little cost. Yeah. You know? Damn. So you, you didn't step on a film set to, to, as a, as a person working on it until you were 29. Basically. So I, um, yeah, so I, I was, I've always been a writer. I used to start out writing short stories and I'd never thought I knew, and you know, I knew that screenplay writing was a very specified, you know, area and I didn't have any instruction on that at all. Mm. Um, and it was really, I got involved with some stuntmen, you know, during when I was rehabbing an injury one time and they introduced me to some filmmakers and they were trying to look for original content to make something to you know test out a certain skill set that they were working on mm. and i was like well you guys can have one of my stories like i'm never gonna get them published or anything like that and like well mm. can you convert it into a screenplay and i was like yes you know <laughs> uh -huh. and i you know i took a first whack at it and i you know knowing now I, I did it all wrong but it was close enough so that they were able to see what i was going for with the story mm. and um you know they 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 bought it for me for a very cheap little thing you know it's just like a little like thanks buddy you know yeah and but it was it sort of wet my appetite from like wait a minute like i can write something that turns into a movie like that would be amazing mm. you know and these were just little shorts that they were working on but it got me interested in in an in, in introduction to that world yeah and wow. um yeah i i didn't i i went to like an intensive acting course in 2015 mm. and it was paired along with uh, a filmmaking school mm. so i was working with all these brand new filmmakers and they didn't know what they were doing but on set is where they were learning their craft. And I was watching. Like, you have mm. to be a sponge in this business. Like, mm. there is no way to, like, read a book and get it. You have to see it. Mm. Like, why is that light right and that light wrong? And then you just see them figure it out. And then you're like, oh, the shadowing and, like, the mood is, and like, why is, it, you know, like, the color temperature of light? Why is that so freaking important? It's like, mm -hmm. you'll figure it out. But you got to do that and you got to <laughs> see it happen. You know? Right. It's like, why is, like when the lights up above your actor's head or below them, like it completely feels like a different movie. Mm. And it's like, you wouldn't know that until you see it. And then you're like, right. Oh, totally get it now. You know? Yeah. man, Damn. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, I agree. I've, I've learned I'm cinematography is not my forte, but just, just like watching people set up lights. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I, I could shoot something now. Like uh, I've just, my last film I did, I'm like, I had a great fucking team of people. Um, Chase Erickson, shout out to Chase, your, your God. And uh, <laughs> um, Casey, Casey and uh, David, all these dudes uh, setting up lights and stuff for me. Um, yeah. And it looks like, like cinema. And I was like, I didn't think I could make something that looks like cinema. Yeah. Um, or, you know, be a pilot. This is, this is my film. Are we sure this is, this is my film? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was really helpful because now, now I know. I, I mean, I, I know I know more about lighting. I to, to just I mean I'm gonna drag it drag it out, but uh, yeah, I know more about lighting now because of that. Um, so yeah, I totally agree, man. Like, there's nothing more valuable than being, being there. I it's well until you really see it, like there is like a mystery to it mm -hmm. because until I got involved in filmmaking, I was like, oh, I can't do it because oh, really? I, I knew that studios had hundreds of millions of dollars and like uh -huh. all this crazy equipment and technique. And I really thought it was beyond my reach, outside of the scope of what I would be capable of doing uh -huh. until I was on my first indie set. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, there's one camera, one microphone, and they're using a light that was just in the room. Yeah. And I was like, I, I can do that. you know. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, it became accessible. And we're uh -huh. so lucky that we're in a time 
when the technology like back when we were just shooting film stock forget about it mm -hmm. you know it's fantastically expensive and then processing that again you so much specialized equipment now the average you know laptop that you get from apple has you know filmmaking software on it mm -hmm. you know it's like forget the, the excuses of like why you can't do something are getting fewer and far between every day you know and you yeah. don't need a ten thousand dollar camera mm -hmm. you really don't so most for short films i mean most short films like 99.99 percent of short films they're not going to go anywhere where you even need to shoot it in 4k right yeah it's 1080 mm -hmm. because where are they going to watch your films if you want to be generous and call it a film right yeah you're going to see it online which means vimeo youtube what have you the max they can stream is 1080 the max mm -hmm. 720 is still high definition you know what I mean? And if you're mm -hmm. watching it over a, a phone or a tablet or something like that, yeah. you're not going to notice the difference anyway. Right. You know, so mm -hmm. forget like all these fancy, you know, like, oh, the, you know, now they make 8K cameras like, well, forget about it because you're not what you're not. Your movie's not going to end up in an IMAX. Yeah. You know, no one's going to pay $40 <laughs> to watch your short film in an IMAX. So forget about it. It's like you don't need to worry about that. And that's relief. Filmmakers should be encouraged by that. Uh -huh. It's like, don't. Don't stress yourself out that you can't afford the big cameras. Like, oh man, he's shooting on an Aria Alexa. Like, that's not the problem. If you focus on story, you're just you're gonna be just fine. You know, it's mm. it's it's a box, you know, with a lens on it, and that's it. That's your camera. You can spend four hundred dollars and get a film a, a, a camera that's worthy of making your film. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. And and you need a camera, you need a microphone, and you need a way to edit the footage. And all of those things are really reasonable. You know, it's like stop smoking weed for six months and buy a camera. Like I don't know, like, do what you got to do. Prioritize, right? I don't know. You know, it's just not just gonna. Stoners. It's it's not gonna fall off the truck for you. You know, you know, if unless you have parents that are just like, here, follow your dreams. Here's you know several thousand dollars. Like right. most of us are not in that situation. Yeah. You know, trust fund kids are in a different experience and worldview. <laughs> but if you if you prioritize, like all right, you're gonna have to give up some things, not forever. But mm -hmm. here here's one of the things you can do with with a camera if you buy it is you can shoot for other people and then charge them for it. Uh, and you recoup your money. Yeah. So if you buy a $1,000 camera, which with a $1,000 camera, you can shoot great films. Mm -hmm. you, you book 10 gigs and you charge them $100 a pop. And you've paid for your camera. Yes, sir. Is that, is that, was that a little, little taste of how reactant films uh, Certainly. So got, got I, started? I, I started with very uh, remedial tools at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have even a camera that had autofocus. Yeah. um which led to a lot of static shots mm -hmm. you know in the beginning i was like all right well my whole film's like i knew i needed a wide an ots and a close-up and for my for my scenes and that's what i did and i was very formulaic and it, the camera was on a tripod and i left it there uh -huh. and you know now i do cam like I, now my camera is constantly in movement now i'm working with a variety of lenses to convey different moods and stuff like that, but you don't need to do all of those things. Mm -hmm. If the story is great, the film will be great. And I think mm -hmm. people like to jump into like, oh, we can do this cool thing now in After Effects. Like, that's a trap. Yeah. That's a trap. Uh -huh. You know? Um, focus on story. And that's like the best advice I can give to filmmakers is like, find a great story. Mm -hmm. And people who are willing to help you tell it, that's it. That's the yeah. game right there. What was the what was the what was the first film? What is? It was called Bury Your Problems. It was okay. two guys dragging a, a a dead body through the woods, oh, and um, you know, they stop because it's heavy, uh -huh. and they have this scene basically, you know, where uh -huh. they just they talk. So 
one of, one of the things that you know if you if you have this you know I, I I couldn't have at the time shot a fancy movie where this guy gets killed right I didn't have the technological savvy mm -hmm. so what I did is I took the moment right after that big event mm -hmm. and here's another advice for filmmakers when you're writing a, a project that you want to physically shoot pick up right before a big moment happens or right after and watch the emotional life of the people involved in it have to deal with it. Uh, you know, you got two guys in a foxhole and they got to run across no man's land. So they have uh -huh. this moment right before they got to go. Because you're uh -huh. not going to be able to shoot the machine gun bullets and the barbed wire and all this stuff like that. They're just two guys in a ditch. You yeah. can shoot that, you know? Right. And you put them there and they have this strong emotional relationship between these two men. They're going to go out and risk their lives right before this crazy thing happens. Uh -huh. Show me that. What's, you know, there's things I always want to say to you, man. Because yeah. like, you know, like, Tell my tell my family that you know if we don't make it through this that you know they were I was a you know brave man right before I did this uh -huh. or right afterwards. Oh my God! I can't believe we just ran across no man's land and we lost Jimmy and Joe on the way, but we're still yeah. alive and it's amazing and like it's terrible and like and you and you give them the, you don't show that high you know budget moment right. you know you know leave that for Roger Deakins okay yeah. <laughs> like those those guys can show you that fancy stuff but you can show show a great film in a very simplistic way. Pick right before that moment of, uh, you know, the, the space shuttle launch. You know, two, two astronauts in a hallway uh -huh. right before they get in the space shuttle. That would be a really interesting scene. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, I, I don't know if this, I don't know if the, the, the latest test proved that the, the shuttle is going to be able to take us all the way to Mars, Jim. I don't know. You know, and yeah. or, or right after, like, they come back. They've, they've, they've just flown from Mars and come all the way back, right? Mm -hmm. They're just about to open the door to go back to greet all the rest of the, you know, the, the team back at NASA. That moment. Where the two the two astronauts look at each other and like we just went through this crazy ordeal and they have this strong emotional moment with and they have lots of stuff to draw from with the, with the moment that just happened before it's like and yeah. that's a great scene too and you can shoot that cheap mm -hmm. that's uh that's great advice man that's a great um because what is what are what are films and tv that's uh they're like uh, our own accounts of like the human experience mm -hmm. right and and two two people sitting across from each other like we're doing now mm -hmm. and just connecting and emoting and um can, can be so powerful and ch change someone's life just just like um even just to see i mean this is a weird the the dark night just the joker scene you know they're sitting across from each other there's nothing you know super fancy going on it's just those two dudes performing mm -hmm. um but that's like the best scene in the movie it's not the huge at the fight scenes or all that that in my opinion is the yeah, best scene in the it's movie. that's the movie down to, the, to its nutshell those two guys sitting across from each other spouting their views across like i'm an anarchist and mm -hmm. i'm uh and i want to do good for the world it's uh yeah it's lovely um how did um because i i've learned i learned so much more about directing by taking acting classes mm. than I ever thought I would. So, uh, when did, what do you what do you think about that? How do you uh, approach working with actors? I, I think all of it makes you better at everything else. Uh -huh. Being an actor and a director makes you a better writer. Being a writer makes you a better actor. Being a writer makes you a better director. Being a cinematographer makes you a better director and a better actor. It's like you know how to turn out the camera. It's like uh -huh. why are we not looking at the top of this actor's head the whole yeah. time? So because they're aware of that. Uh -huh. and you cheat out to the camera and stuff like that. All of it makes you better. It's like don't you're like oh I'm I'm just an actor so that's all I. It's like no no right. think about all of it. Mm -hmm. All of it makes you better. If you try and direct other actors in a project and then go back to be an actor yourself, you realize like oh my god that you know it's like like the language and also like for directors I think every director needs to take an acting class just so they can understand how an actor gets 
to a place emotionally. For sure. Obviously, they're like, I know what it's supposed to look like as the director, mm-hmm. but you have to know what tools to give your actor to get there. Mm. It's like, you can't just, I mean, I hate this like thing. It's like, it's like, can you bring the emotion up to a 10? No, I'm not a stereo knob, you know, like, uh-huh. like that's, that's, that's terrible, lazy direction. You know, it's mm. not just a prop of the pulse. It's a person. Right. Give that artist a motivation. Like what, what are they trying, what are they fighting for in this moment? And, and, and that all should happen in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't, if you're, if you're an independent filmmaker, take the time to have a rehearsal, sit down with your actors and really get into it. The, the, you know, the, the, the time you spend in pre-production working up before you shoot will save you so much time and energy on the day when you're actually shooting production. It's like mm. all the questions out of it. The actors know what they're to expect from you and you know where they are and where they're not. <laughs> uh-huh. Like it, every once in a while. And like, it's, it's been, um, it's been a heck of a thing realizing that every once in a while I've written a role that really asks a lot of an actor. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it until I watched this actor try and do this. And I was like, that was asking a lot of them. Like, because, you know, visually you can see it in your head. Like, yeah. oh, they get to this moment and they, they experience, they, they get, they receive all of this new information and it changes their whole world. And then you see that emotional journey on their face. Well, that is a lot. Yeah. And especially, all right, cut, take two, and they have to do it all over again. Right. And then do it all. And now we're going to move the cameras and do it all over again. For that actor to go from zero to 100 over and over and over again, that is asking so much. Recognize that as an actor, you can only do that so many times. How many times can you go to that place where you physically emote tears? Mm-hmm. Like that is rare. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a special thing to be able to do that. Um, I, I, every once in a while, you find an actor who can just turn the, turn the, the, the tears on like a flipping switch. And it's a wild thing to see. Uh-huh. I had one particular actress one time. She did it for 16 takes. And I was like, 16? I don't know how this happened. Well, I, I was like, it's like, well, what went on in her personal life? Or what was she using? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was she just one of those people? She just like thinks hard enough about a certain thing and the tears come. And I don't yeah. know. Everybody has their own process. Yeah. But because she knew what I was expecting in that moment, I was like, uh-huh. this is the moment. Mm-hmm. And also we had that communication ahead of time. I'm like, how many takes can you do this? And she was just like, as many as you need. But also, like, if I'm in the wide, I'm like, save it. Right, right. Yeah, I was you know? about to say, like, if you're going to be, pr- you know, playing the production wise, you probably you want to save those tears for the. Yeah, and my the favorite money shot, shot is the over the shoulder shot. So if you know, if say like your character is supposed to cry, when the uh-huh. camera is sitting over your shoulder looking at me, I'm like, save it. We're yeah. not going to catch it anyway. So then when the camera is finally looking at you, I'm like, all right, buddy, here we go. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like let it loose. You know. Um, and it's always easier, you know, when you realize when you when, as a, and as an actor, once you've directed, you realize mm. that um, telling telling the the director ahead of time, you're like, I need a minute. Like the director would rather let you get that get get him that that really important shot. It's like I'm not oh. there. I'm not, you know. Or if you ever feel like, um, and again, like I'm an actor's director. So like I give my actors a lot of latitude. Director to be, man. You know, I I have I've done everything. I've like all right, full stop. Because this is the Mm -hmm. moment, right? Yeah. This is the this is the one where the the lead actress, you know, her whole world changes, and we really need to get this. Uh So I have turned off all the lights to let them get a moment. I've Uh blasted whatever music they needed to prepare Uh for that moment. I've I've kicked out everybody else out. I'm like, all right, Uh everybody but you know the the camera operator and the sound recorder. Everybody else is out. You know what I mean? Just give give this artist an opportunity to do it give them every possible advantage to give the best performance that they can. 
you know, and that's an advantage of indie film because the studios right. are like, uh, no, yeah, yeah <laughs> you want gonna, five minutes? That well, day. that's going to cost us $30,000. <laughs> uh-huh. So no, you know, so that's a, yeah. a real advantage of independent film. Right. You know, and I love that about it. Oh man. Um, into, to, to acting, um, into that actor workout studio, uh, for example, like I, uh, we were doing reps on my, on my short, mm-hmm. you know, to get, to get that right. Uh, isn't it nice to have connect. actors that come from the same background so they can so do that? Oh, freaking nice. I had no idea like how helpful that would have been. That was, and it really was like, it, it put us right where we needed to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Do you, is there any, um, cause I mean, Meisner is one of many schools of thought. I mean, is there, is there I've, any I've other studied techniques? it all. I, I say use all of it. Yeah. You know, when you're reading the script, break it down, find the beats, really know what the writer was going for. And that's mm. like your job as an actress to serve the writing, not right. to serve yourself. Like, mm. well, this is going to let me, like I can really show my internal work. It's yeah. like, that's, you know, what is it? <laughs> masturbatory, right? Like, yeah. forget that. It's like, no, I want to serve the writing as best as I can. So that's a part of it. Like really break down the, the, the script itself mm. and do your research and your homework in that way. And then, oh, this moment in the script is kind of like something that I've personally experienced. Mm-hmm. Use that too. Right. And then also you get on set and you're, and your scene partner gives you something crazy. Use that. Mm. Use it all. Mm-hmm. Don't throw anything off the table. Like, right. And, and, and I, I don't know that there's a golden bullet. I think everybody's different. I have totally known some actors who it's all just like they use their own personal life. Like they have, they have childhood traumas. And if they have an emotional piece, that's where they go. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what works for them. And, and, and even people, you know, Lots of people have had traumas, but they can't necessarily access it in that emotional, viable way, mm-hmm. you know? And and every once in a while, it surprised you. I had this one actress on a project one time. She was like, I don't think I can cry. And I was like, I was like, well, we'll worry about it when we get there. Mm-hmm. And we got there, and in the moment, she just found it, you know? And I, I can't tell you what she did. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't one of those, like, I need five minutes. Like, uh-huh. we were doing the scene, and all of a sudden, she just found it. It's like, and she was really focused on her partner. You know, uh-huh. but she, she, I, know, I happen to know she was not a Meisner actress, right? Mm-hmm. So she just was in the moment. And sometimes if you're, if you've done the preparation, if you really are that character for that moment, it'll be there, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't trust that they have to, you can't just like wing it. You know, you yeah. have to do your homework, you have to do your preparation. I think um, actors, they fall into a trap because acting is just talking and moving around like we do all day, every day. Uh-huh. And it's super hard. <laughs> People, yeah, everyone wants to put <laughs> some sauce things. on it. Right? It's like, it's like you, it's so, it seems so simple. And and actually just think like, oh, it's just me. I just show up, I say the lines and I do the thing. It's like the, we miss the discipline. Dancers, I have a friend, she's a professional dancer. Um, and she dances every single day for hours a day. Do you know an actor who works on their craft that much? Um, I have a friend. She's a concert pianist. Uh She works on the piano every single day for hours a day. That's the discipline. If you want to be at that level, Uh nobody goes out, you know, moves moves all the way to Hollywood to be an actor, to be mediocre. Right. You know what I mean? They Uh want to be as good as they can possibly be. Uh It's like, well, then where's your dedication to your craft? You know what I mean? I, we have to call each other out and say like, are you doing everything you can do? Uh Because I mean, all of us right now, we have the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No bullshit. You know, yeah. and 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 I hear a lot of bullshit. Like, there's so much. Like, ah, yeah. I would, but this, that, and the other thing. It's yeah. like I don't have a partner to read with, and it's like, 
Forget Ooh. it, man. I got a I got a scene study app where I get I could I say the lines into my phone line by line, mm-hmm. and I can turn off a character and you know go book mode and literally like act to my phone who's saying lines back at me. Like that's fantastic, you know. And that I'll, I'll, let me pull it, pull it up just so I can tell the folks at home because that's I like this app. Um, it's called a uh, scene study, literally called scene study. And it's not a paid sponsor of this program. No, but it so could be. But we're so we're open to that. <laughs> yes. Very open. <laughs> Very to that. reasonable rates for introduction. <laughs> yeah, like. Very reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally anything. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so you, you got you got your first film. You, how old were you when you got your first film under your belt? Because I, I I know I hate to be ageist, but I mean people always like you know yeah, I'm they, running out of time. You know, I, I I get in that. I was my, quote unquote too. too old to do it. I mean yeah, dude. I mean, I so I'm I'm about to be 37, and in in I shot I my first film that I shot was in 2015. Just not that long ago, I was thirty years old. I don't know what's more impressive, that or the <laughs> fact that you look like you do at thirty-seven. Like you're a very youthful man. You got well, jeans are on your side. Part of it is this. Yeah. You know, like I, I I watch people get beat up by life, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you're if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Dude, that's the whole reason I'm here. Literally, you know? I'm like, yeah, I, I gave I up a lot of things to be in Los Angeles. You know, I had a I'm from Boston originally, but I spent ten years in San Diego. It's an amazing place, and I had such a like an armada of people supporting me and friends there. Uh-huh. And it was very comfortable. I was like, but if I want to make films at the top level, uh-huh. I'm only 150 miles from the mecca of filmmaking in the world. I have no excuse. Right. You know, yeah. I, and, and I had an opportunity to, to transfer with my job up here. I was yeah. like, so I'm going to do that. And I made a lot of sacrifices. But if uh-huh. I made those sacrifices, I damn sure better make them count. You know, I gave up a lot to be here. And, and the reason I came here wasn't just you know, so that I could rub shoulders with celebrities is because I wanted to be surrounded by other people that cared about this as much as I do. Because, I mean, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm a nut. <laughs> like, I love this stuff. Yeah. Like, when That's I, great. you know, I had, you know, we were talking about this beforehand. Like, I've had several businesses that I started up over the course of my life. Mm-hmm. And they were very fulfilling things. But when I found filmmaking was like the day I was born. I was like, oh, this forever mm. like i'm never going to be done with filmmaking i'll be seven years old being like wait a minute i have this idea for a short like, you know yeah. like, <laughs> you can turn on your eye bring camera. the grandkids over <laughs> we're gonna do this thing you know whatever because yeah. you just you can't once you find this uh-huh. it's like there's no cure for it yeah. if it's really in you uh-huh. like there's just no limit i can't i can't do it enough you know and 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 i've done so many projects you know that were mine and other people that were terrible but like uh-huh. they were still such a value to me, like and I cherish all of them for the journey, right? You know, for like they they got me to where I am, Dude. because there's sometimes even even right in the middle of filmmaking, I'm just like, oh man, we are screwing this up <laughs> bad, you know, like this is gonna be a you know a soup sandwich, but it's like there's still so much value in it, and I'm oh, always yeah. learning. Oh my god, am I always learning? Like and like and if you just stay hungry for all this stuff, and there's so many things with filmmaking, there's so many different elements to it. It's like there's never like oh i know enough like i've got that part mastered no mm-hmm. you don't like there's so much like you could spend years of your life just working on the lighting of a scene and then we were talking about sound design earlier like oh my god so much for sound design mixing mm-hmm. you know the actors voices in with ambient sound with sound effects with the musical score forever yeah, you know forever and ever <laughs> <laughs> like and, and like there's just no, there's no limit to it i mean i've really been working this year on um coloring you oh, know yeah. like the the way 
you know, the sh- how much shadow is in a scene and like mm-hmm. the, the colors of the scene. Like if, mm-hmm. if, if it's yellow and green, it makes you feel sick, mm-hmm. you know, or if it's bright and vibrant, it's like, oh, it makes you feel energized. And that's just the color of the scene. Never mind what the actors are doing in the scene or what the story is going on. It's like right. you can affect your audience visually with those things. It's like Ozark. It's like they put the, you ever seen Ozark? It's like they put a, great, fucking, they put a blue sh- filter right on top of that Shot thing. so well. Yeah, you know, I, I, I really like Shallow, Shallow Depth of Field because, and, and I think this is because, you know, I have such a strong acting background. It's like, show me the actor's face. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. mute the scene. Like, you get that it's, it's in the Ozarks, there's big trees and everything like that. But it's like, show me that actor's face crystal clear. Yeah. So I can really get what's happening in the scene. Like, they're, I'm experiencing it with them, mm. moment by moment, beat by beat. Right. Does it feel like the third season got a little bit more colorful than the other two? For I for some reason I keep thinking that like man did it, are they trying to say something with that or are they just well it's it's hard to know um a lot of the time with TV series changes get made yeah. it's a different DP it's yeah. a different editor you never yeah. know and sometimes you can really see it like shows get lost um you know the, the big Game of Thrones thing right when the, <sighs> when the writers changed not the yeah. show changed when my Jon Snow figure isn't sitting on this table right now <laughs> right <laughs> and and I mean. It's hard to compare yourself as an independent filmmaker to anything like that because yeah. the, a single episode of Game of Thrones had a full budget feature, studio feature budget, you know? Right. Tens of millions of dollars for a single episode of a show. You're never going to get that. Forget about it. You know, you can't mm. compare yourself to that. Even though some audiences might, you know, I'll, everybody in this business in Hollywood, we go home to see our families in the holidays and they're like, yeah, what have you been in that I, I've seen? Uh, <laughs> it's like the favorite question. My heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. You've seen nothing. Yeah. You know? I don't know what you watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my that's You're, my you're over there like that. watching uh, soap operas in the, in the middle of the afternoon. You're never going to see my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on what you watch. Yeah. That's you right. Yeah. Surfing YouTube late at night. Yeah, you I might know. see Just, some of my stuff. Yeah. What, what was the hope to be an editor pick on Vimeo? Yeah. That's how you've made it. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good for you, independent filmmaker. Um, well, what is making it for you? What, what, what do you have like a like the a gauge goal? for success? You know, yeah. it's it's a great point. Um, I think the whole idea, like what what is making it, mm-hmm. has to be a unique thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends at every level of the industry, and people that I would kill to trade spots for, in a certain extent, and you would too. Mm-hmm. Like, I have fr- I have several different friends that worked in different departments on Joker. Oh yeah, you know won lots of awards. It was a brilliant film. Mm-hmm. I personally like loved it. Right. You know? Me too. It's a name that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I have several friends that worked on that film. And when the film was done and post-production done, they were unemployed. Yeah. Because that's the nature of the beast. It's like you're working at the top level and then as soon as the thing's done, you're broke again. You're out. You know, like the money <laughs> stops coming in and all that. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and like the, there's no guarantee of the next job for anybody. Yeah. You know? And you see this sometimes with actors that like, oh, whatever happened to so-and-so? He was like such a big deal. And then he's gone. He was a household face and now they're just gone. Right. You know, the, no, no one is like, unless you're Robert De Niro, it never stops. Uh-huh. You know, like, it, like someday you, you just have to, you have to keep hustling. There's no, there's no guarantee forever. Mm-hmm. I have a friend, she worked on um, a network television for seasons of a show until this, show stopped she went unemployed couldn't find a job for two years yeah you know she went all the way back down she was doing commercial real estate videos because that's the only work Uh, she could find and this is somebody that like you know worked you know as as network television you think well that's it they've made it you know yeah 
and work with, with stars and stuff like that. And it's like, it's never easy. You never just, you, your ship has never just come in. So you have to pick victories and successes all along the way, you know? Right. For me, um, one of the, my favorite parts is casting and the audition process. Um, and as an actor, there's nothing like, if you ever have a chance to sit on a casting panel, do it. Oh my God, do you learn? People oh, yeah. come in the room and you're like, why is this person awful? And the next person comes in the room and they're brilliant. And like, you're like, what's the difference between the two? They're both mm -hmm. talented people. You know, you can't, it's people like to reduce it down. Like, ah, oh, they're just more talented, or less talented. And the answer is no. You know, it's not about like being friendly in the room. Uh -huh. It's like, you can tell if somebody's prepared and if they're not, it's really obvious. That's one thing I have not had the pleasure of sitting in on that. I will. I'm gonna make a point to do that. Yeah, well, you have to come. I'm, I, I certainly don't like the other side of it. That's for sure. Well, it's <laughs> and yeah. Why is it so intimidating? Because yeah. you've never sat on the other side. The yeah. truth is, and you know, I've I've cast I don't know so many dozens of films now. Uh -huh. At this point, it's like please come in and be brilliant. I you, uh -huh. I have a problem. I need this role filled. Yeah. Please, I want you to succeed. What can uh -huh. I do to make it better for you in the room? You know, because uh -huh. I want like and and a lot. You know, again with independent film, I have more latitude. Mm -hmm. I can in the room. I can be like, I'm gonna give you an adjustment. Do it again and do it again and do it again. Like, yeah. I, th I think I see something there. Mm -hmm. You're like, or you're the really the right type. You're what we want, but you're missing something. Uh -huh. You know, like how can we work at it? And I love to quiz my actors when they come in the room. I, I'm gonna find out if you did your homework or not. It's like, well, tell me about this character. Oh shit. You know. I bet some people shit and then their all pants of a sudden, right away. It's like, you know, yeah. I was like, I, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. And you see it in the face. They're like, well, I have to make something up now because yeah. I just read the words yeah. with emphasis. Guess what's not going to get the job? You know? Damn. If you come in yeah. and do a line reading, you're going to get you're going to get passed over. Mm. It's like, come in and make choices. Mm. You know, show me a relationship. P put us in, like, so one of the things you, when you're when you're in an audition room, it's like it's, it's cold. Like you're in an office space, right? Yeah. You have to paint the world like, okay, now I'm in a pirate ship in this audition room and make the casting directors feel that way. You know, it's like, I, I've seen it happen. All of a sudden, you know, the last in-person auditions I had, uh, we saw a bunch of actresses and it was all just kind of like, yeah, I guess or whatever. And this girl mm. came in, looked at her male co-star and all of a sudden she was his girlfriend and we were in their living room. And it was like, like the whole, the whole room just was like, oh shit. Like it was like, yeah. everybody changed right away. We we're like, it was her. She just came in and uh -huh. made it real for all of us. She looked at him the way a girlfriend looks at a boyfriend. Yeah. And, and she just painted his guilt on him. And uh -huh. all of a sudden, this guy who had read with a bunch of people, his performance improved <laughs> because she gave him such a strong relationship and such a strong place to work from. Damn. You know? Yeah. And you can do that in the room. Mm -hmm. You know? It, don't, don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can do. That's, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Um, so I, it, it seems like owning the means of production as much as possible is is well is, that's that's where i started right so like i didn't know how to edit uh -huh. i didn't know how to really do sound or camera or any of that stuff like that. i started out doing the very minimal um and what i what I, well, the big problem was the beginning like i didn't know how to edit at all um and i would ha you know hire editors or have friends that were editors and i'd beg borrow and plead with them to help me edit my my film mm -hmm. and that was the part that took the time yeah. And I'm like, I'm just sitting around waiting. And like, I'm not somebody's priority. Why? Because I can't pay them. Their, their paying clients come in first or their, their larger projects get priority. And they right. have to, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I guess I better learn how to edit. And in the beginning, it was brutal. When I look back at my yeah. early stuff, I'm just like, was that choppy enough for you, Michael? Shoot. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you learn. 
you yeah. know? And it's like everything else. The more you do it, the better you get. And now I'm at this thing like where I, it started to happen a little bit. I'll be editing a thing and I'm like, I should cut here. Like it's uh-huh. just like a feeling. Like mm-hmm. the energy of a scene tells you when to cut. And it's different for comedy and for dramatic pieces, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you just get this feeling like I should just, I should cut to the other actor now. It's like, I should go to the wide here. I should be, I should really do, you know, punch in for this. Like, and it becomes instinctual. But that's only after what, 40 films, you know, the yeah. more you do. It. And that's, that comes back to quantity over quality. I could have made one film a year and I'd have seven. Yeah. They like, they'd be better than any one of my films, but in aggregate, absolutely not. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, because I've learned so much each of the time, like, there's no way that my seventh film would be as good as the stuff I'm making right now, you know, cause you yeah. learn so much doing it. Like it's like reps, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a weight training guy. That's what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years. It's all about putting the reps in, you yes, know, sir. it's not about, you don't pick up the hundred pound weights once. That's not going to do it. It's every day reps, 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 and the muscle gets stronger and denser and stronger and denser. And so you can do those hundred pounds, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, <laughs> and not injure yourself <laughs> like so you just have to put in the reps and that's the discipline with the craft you know if if you're an actor you got to work on your craft every day if you're a filmmaker you have to work on all all of it all the time i have a bookshelf full of books on editing and cinematography and um i i i watch films critically I, obviously you have to watch some things for your inter- own entertainment but now i'm you know i'm a nightmare to watch a movie with because i'm always dissecting it Mm-hmm. you know i i i watch a movie and i'm like oh that was an interesting camera move what the heck was that or like you know i've been i just started watching homeland oh I've never seen it. they use handheld camera work they're mm-hmm. like on eight seasons so it's a very successful show uh-huh. handheld camera work and it's jarring to me you know what i mean but that's a choice because it, right. it makes a kinetic energy feeling to the scene yeah and um and then there's some shows that are smooth as butter it's like that camera work, that david finch stuff it's like uh. you're just floating through the movie you know, and mm-hmm. you just like it's like, and that's that's a way of doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and that that helps me not notice the camera work. If I notice an edit, it's probably not a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, it felt jarring or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. Um. Or, you know, if um, uh, like a lot a lot of the time, like I see bad color now because I'm really working on that. Uh huh. I'm just like, this is blown out. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is oversaturated. What's going on? Like, somebody was just being lazy. You know, and it's like. And then you watch something that's really well colorized, like the Joker. Oh, man. You, if you look at any single frame from mm-hmm. the movie, it tells you everything you need to know. The tone, the mood is all there. It's very consistent. Mm-hmm. And like the way they use... So here's another thing, another thing, art design. Uh-huh. In the Joker, all over the place is trash. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. like a subtextual theme throughout the film. And it builds. There's some trash and then there's more and more and more. And one of the things, like, they reference it, like, ah, oh, there's a garbage labor strike. Uh-huh. The Joker's world is filling up with garbage. garbage. Huh. I've only seen it. I've seen it twice. I need to watch it. I'm going to watch it a third time. And you no, got to watch it. And you're like, oh, my God. he's Now he's wallowing in the garbage. And uh-huh. that's piled up high all around him. Uh-huh. And all this stuff like that. Like, the more advanced as a film you get, you start putting those things in there. Yeah. And as an audience, you wouldn't notice it. Yeah. But as a filmmaker, oh, man, is that brilliant. How about this? Every time he's going up the stairs... He's Arthur Fleck. Every time he's going down the stairs, he's Joker. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? thing? No shit. You wouldn't notice it unless you were looking for it. Thank you for. I'm. I'm gonna watch Joker a third time. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm really excited. You know. I mean. So okay. So 
You seen the Joker, right? Yeah. Every drop of blood in there. Uh huh. C G I. Really? Every drop. You know wow. the scene with the scissors? Uh huh. All of it. What do you think? Uh, do you think the well, what it was scissors like a green stub? You think, and then he just. Well, he was just you know close to it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they can also just do rubber scissors yeah, and junk yeah. like that. Good. Yeah. But um, my buddy did the blood for that film. Oh really? Yeah. So and oh, here's awesome. here's the genius of Joaquin Phoenix. Uh huh. There's a moment. Now he's got no blood on him uh-huh. you know, on the shot, right? He touches his chest and like tastes it, and like it's not there. Not there. It's not there. My really? buddy put it in blood and post. That is amazing. Joaquin just saw it. Joaquin, that's he's why. He's like, you, if I stab this guy, Oscar, bro. because it's like a moment afterwards. Like yeah. he stabbed the guy, and he's like, he's like, there would be blood there. Yeah. You know, there just would be. Yeah. You know, and he just knew that. You know. Uh huh. And it's like, oh my god. And the reason they did that is because if you're if you put blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Clean it all off and start over. Whereas once Joaquin gets rep, and he's a, he's a big guy, like let me do it twenty different ways. Uh-huh. If you do the blood in post, he doesn't. You don't have to do a full reset. Yeah. He doesn't have to do all of his new makeup because he's got all that white stuff on. You get one take, you're covered in blood. He's got to go back to makeup for another six hours, and then does take number two. Right. So they made that choice. Use use CGI smart. Yeah. You know, you don't just you know everything wants to be giant explosions and all this stuff like that, and it we know. It's like Godzilla isn't really there. Everybody always mm. like, why is the first Jurassic Park movie so much better? Mm. The dinosaurs were there. Mm. They were animatronic. The freaking actors yeah. got to work off it. There's the, the, the most, the, arguably one of the most famous scenes is when the T-Rex is attacking the kids through the roof. Yeah. There was a mistake. The animatronic mm. guy, the little T-Rex, broke the window pane uh-huh. by accident. Oh, that was a mistake. It was a mistake. It wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, shit. Those two kids' screams uh-huh. are real. real. <laughs> you can't yeah. beat that. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not saying, you know, put your actors in dangerous situations, but real is always better. Right. You know, yeah. I had this actress one time and she was supposed to be going through drug withdrawals and she couldn't get there physically. Uh-huh. They uh, shot she her was, some heroin. She was a friend of mine. I was like, I was like, do you trust me? Uh-huh. And what I would do is like I I I, I cropped it tight on her face. Uh-huh. Cause it's really just about her like dealing with the, you know, the withdrawals and stuff like that. And like I was told to like think about like insects crawling underneath her skin and stuff like that uh-huh. and she was still just not quite getting it so what i would do is i would grab her leg like in like when she wasn't expecting it and she would like have to deal with that uh-huh. like to control it and you would see it was like she was struggling and on camera it translated to oh man she's really going through it yeah you know i love those i love hearing about those little little tricks yeah and it's, it's not something i planned yeah it was in the moment i was like yeah she's not quite getting it what can we do uh-huh. it's like what can't not what can't you do but can you do like be creative, you know. And if you're, if you if you have the time, you can do all that stuff. Sometimes you're in a rush and you're up against the gun. You're like, ah, I gotta do, we gotta do. Dude, my 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 the short I'm working on. I, I I shot the an entire like I went through the whole script, shot the entire script, and then was like, oh shit, I really needed a lot of close ups. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back in for another day and and get all those close ups. And now I can't imagine the scene without it because that's the whole scene. I use those close ups like almost the whole time. Uh, yeah. And I and and for all filmmakers, like start in the wide and then you know move in. But what you end up using once the scene gets going is always the close stuff because mm-hmm. that's the emotional moments. Because if you're if you're too far in the wide, you miss that stuff. Yeah. I don't now if you're shooting a western, whatever, you got the big prairie and all. That, okay, yeah. stay in the wide because it's interesting and you want to show the desert and all that stuff. Like that. Yeah. But as soon as you get to that intimacy of the scene, like keep it. It's you know it's going to be tight. So if the performance isn't there in the wide at that part, don't worry about it. 
Mm. It's like, just keep them in. Use those as almost like final rehearsals before you get to that close-up. And that's when you want the actors to be really 100% fully committed and in it. Yeah. You know? And again, like that's mm. the, make sure you get your lighting super right for the close-ups because that's what's really going to show. Great advice, man. Great advice. Um, when um, when you when you are are in the middle of making a film, um, because I mean, it, well, I mean, I'm sure this changed from from the start. So let's say you're making a film today. Mm-hmm. Um, so in production. Yeah, you're yeah. in production. I mean, you're you're the uh, assuming it's a reactant film. You're the probably the sure. writer, director, yep. producer, mm-hmm. editor, yep. and all that. <laughs> How are you staying sane on set and not being absolutely just like? freaking out about every little minute detail because it is you know like you say it it becomes your baby sometimes when when you have such a yeah there's there's well there's several truths to this so um i was a writer first and foremost right like that's that's how i got that that was my genesis as a writer Mm. so the script and the original story was my baby Mm -hmm. even just like sending it to somebody else to criticize it and make edits and changes like it was physically painful (laughs) at the beginning Mm-hmm. And over time, I learned the absolute value of um, critical editing. Mm-hmm. Having somebody who can not just say like, eh, it sucks or whatever, because that's not helpful. Yeah. But say, really challenge your work. Like, mm-hmm. how come this is the way it is? Mm-hmm. You know? And if you don't have an answer for it, then that's a good thing to know. It's like, ah, I haven't really thought about that. I haven't flushed that idea fully out. Or like, they ask mm-hmm. you like, why does this character do this in this moment? And, and then immediately like, you're like, oh, I know why he did it. He did it because of this. And it's like, as long as you have those answers, then your story is strong. And you can, a lot of the times, like, you know, a script is not a visual thing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, because I'm going to shoot this on set, I'm going to have the, the actor just give her a look in that moment. Mm-hmm. And the audience is going to be like, oh, he wants to have sex with her. You know, like, and like, yeah. and that's not spelled out in the script, but you know that exactly how it's going to look so that, that those questions will be answered. Right. You know, but you better have those answers. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of value in that. Um, and again, like, like I said, you have to have fun with the process. Um, uh, I've only shot one thing since the quarantine has been full blown. Oh, you you shot something. I have. How, how did that go? It, it was, you know, so we made a lot of choices. Um, one of which is that we decided not to do an in-person rehearsal so that like we would only have one day when people were physically going to occupy the same space. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, so I, I tried to shoot it with a micro cast and a micro crew. Fewest number of people possible mm-hmm. for everybody's safety um and i also had the conversation with everybody you know in front of each other and also independently i was like have you been good you know <laughs> yeah have you been wearing a mask when you go out have yeah. you been have you, been, you know going down the beach and like yeah. hanging out with strangers like what have you been doing right yeah. um and I, because it isn't just you know a political choice or whatever it's like is everybody's safety right right you gotta you gotta be um considerate you know because some people have high risk and and some people um you know, have, you know, maybe they were a smoker for 10 years or something like that. So you have to be careful. And um, so we made the choice. We're not going to have a, an in-person rehearsal. I had the actors have like a Zoom call where they read the lines back and forth to uh-huh. sort of find like a rhythm. Um, and we talked about the characters in a Zoom call ahead of time. Like, this is really where this character is coming from. It's like, and I, and, you know, I told them, I always like make make myself very available for my actors. If you have any questions about your character or any choices you want to make. And also I say like, now I'm at the point where like, if even though I wrote the line this way, uh-huh. if it's weird when it comes out of your mouth that way, change it. Yeah. Tell me, yeah. but change it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like if you if the line is you've got to be kidding me and you want to say, I can't believe this or whatever. It's like, that's yeah. fine. But I just like, you know, just like I want to make it real for you. Right. You know, 
It's like, so I give them that latitude. I want everybody to be creatively invested in the process. And you'll get better performances out of your actor if you do that. You know, they really think about every phrase critically. Um, but also, so I talked to everybody about safety ahead of time. The crew wore masks the entire time. Um, obviously, the, the sort of the tricky part for us was, uh, you know, we, we shot over a number of hours. People need to use restrooms and stuff like that. Right. So we sanitized that space, uh-huh. you know, using um, antibacterial wipes. People went and used it, wiped it again and down again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we used water bottles. You know, everybody had like their name marked on it. It's like, that was your thing. Um, if So the, the crew was masked up the whole time. And the actresses, mm-hmm. when we were doing the camera rehearsal, were also masked up. But when the cameras were rolling, masks them off. And also, like, if you have, like, a sci-fi feature or, you know, a lot of facial makeup, mm-hmm. that's not really going to be practical. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and we know that, so I have, it was two actresses, and they were the only ones going to be in close proximity. At some point, you know, you're going to be shooting, like, if you're shooting a rom-com, like, the two leads are probably going to end up kissing or something like that. It's like, yeah. you got to do what you got to do. You yeah. know what I mean? You have to make sure the actors are comfortable with it. Um, I have another project mm-hmm. that we just keep postponing because mm-hmm. the actress has got to kiss the guy. And she's just like, I don't feel comfortable with it yet. And it's like, all right, we'll put put a pause on that one and shoot mm-hmm. the stuff that, it's can't, that we can. So these two actresses were close to each other, but they never touched each other's faces or anything like that. So we felt that it was executable. It was... um. It was in a parking garage and on a street. Uh-huh. So the air was a little more, more flowing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, but the actresses knew each other and they had conversations about it. And like, I've been good. You've been good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we didn't we didn't have any unnecessary contact. Really, that was the big thing. Um, and I, I also shot it in a way. I, you know, I wrote it specifically to shoot it during quarantine. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I knew who my actresses were already like comfortable with each other. We were going to work this thing through. We we knew that it was going to be something that we could shoot in a public space, um, and with a very very small crew. So I was running camera. I had a boom operator who was also doing a sound mix, mm-hmm. and then I had a slate and a script supervisor who was just one person. So three person crew, two person cast, five people total. You know, and yeah. that is enough. If you're if you're just trying to make an independent film in general, that's enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Strip it all the way down. That's what you can do. You right. know what I mean? Sometimes, how much budget do you have? Like, I can afford to pay maybe three crew members. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know? Yeah. And and a lot of times, it's just favors or whatever. It's like, but keep it small, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people with a good attitude. Have you tackled a feature yet? So, I have worked on other people's features. I have, um, so I've, you know, written a feature that I finished up during um, during the quarantine. And every every writer out there, you better be writing your feature. You know, like everybody should be doing it. <laughs> the, 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 you have the time, gang. Like yeah. I, I, I've always write this story. I always wanted to see if I only ever had the time. Well, you have the time now. Like write that feature. You know, um, and then send it out. And so, everybody else, help your writer friends out. Read their scripts. Give them feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need to pull together right now. Um, you can play video games later. You know, you can binge watch your Netflix later, help with scripts, keep, keep making art, keep working on it. It yeah. will help inspire you. It'll help you keep you going. And in in the world of indie, it's all about favors. Uh-huh. That's yeah, why I, totally. I, I do stuff for free and on the double cheap all the time because I'm going to turn around and be like, hey, buddy. Yeah. I need a boom operator and you're t- your turn, you know. 
and like and, and because I, I can't do it alone and i can't afford to pay everybody what they deserve you know everybody every, i would love mm. to pay my actors sag scale oh man yeah i would love to take care of my people i mean i've had people drive all the way up from san diego to be a boom operator for me you know and those are those are my people you uh-huh. know yeah. those are my you know my ride or dies right there uh-huh. and like and 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 i i feel terrible that i can't because i don't have the money like how do when i when i so for my feature right uh-huh. um the first chunk of it is just my money mm-hmm. you know that's what it's going to be mm-hmm. and you know we're going to try and do some crowdfunding and we're going to try and get outside investors and stuff like that but at the end of the day it might just be me mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i'm gonna have to beg borrow and steal to get everything i can and yeah. i have to so when i was writing it the whole point was write something i can shoot right. and that's been my formula for all the shorts for the web series for whatever mm-hmm. and some of my um some of my shorts aren't that short 27 minutes long i think it's like the longest one i have mm. and um you know we shot that over several weeks um and it was a preparation for gearing towards a feature learning the things that are going to help me execute it in a feature format because uh, it's easy to shoot a short in a day because everybody's hair looks the same everybody's wardrobe doesn't change you know the 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 environment looks like the environment but if you have to keep coming back to that same thing with different like the same mm-hmm. people it's like stuff changes dude yeah. you know i've had i've had actors and actresses lose and gain weight over <laughs> yeah. periods of time and like that uh-huh. matters uh-huh. or like you know people they get a haircut yeah and they don't look the same oh, you know or they yeah. they dye their hair or whatever you know dude, i got i gotta give a special shout out to roger for roger gutierrez for that same point man we shot we we picked up we started in september we we picked back up in november and then picked up for the last time in february the man looked the same the whole time <laughs> and i'm very pleased he with went that. to the time warp and he just yeah. like roger you're ageless and you're beautiful Thank yeah you, there bro. you go uh, yeah i love that when, when actors are able to do that it's like and it, and they have to make certain sacrifices like Maybe they want. Maybe that. Maybe he really wanted to be growing out a mohawk this year. He's yeah. like, well, I committed to this film, so that's what I'm going to do. You know. Right. Oh man. Um. So, uh, is that you're gonna you're is that that's done? Are you you got the whole the, plan out for what you? What so you, if you I could mean, go into production next month, could yeah. So could I've already started the casting process. Um, the uh, locations are still being picked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good, really going to come down to uh, what we can afford, and we're going to try and do a condensed shooting schedule. Um, but the the equipment that we need for it, I already have. Yeah, is it is it yours? It's mine. Yours, yours. How uh, what did you start with? What was your first piece of equipment that you bought? I bought a Cameron, uh, a Canon DSLR. Canon DSLR. Oh, which one? Uh, five D. 5D. That's what we used a 5D Mark III on. Yeah, uh, that's the that was that was my first camera. You oh, know, nice man. Shoot like tonight. It's, it's it full frame, full you know sensor, so like it's uh-huh. you know you get a great picture out of it. And I I like the color palette of Canon. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of you know different schools of thought. Uh-huh. Uh, Sony has a really crisp image, uh-huh. and uh, they can do a lot of stuff in low light. Mm. But uh, I love the the skin tones for Canon. Mm. You know, and I I don't. Um, so one of my other businesses is photography. I do a lot of headshots oh. because it's a great way to raise film money. Oh yeah, you um, a lot of actors that way too. Yeah, well, the, you know, it's, it's it's all the same thing. So uh-huh. like, I do custom reels for actors sometimes, and oh. I'll I'll make a package for them. I'll be like, hey, I'll get your headshots and your custom reel footage for you, and there you go. Oh, You're like awesome. you'll shoot real footage for them. Like yeah. they need footage for their reel. That's oh. right. And like, but it's but it's well shot with all. Well, that's, that's, that's just what's it. Up. Yeah, that's okay. the whole show. Like yeah. if you. It doesn't look like a student film. It doesn't yeah. look like it was shot with an iPhone. It looks That's, like a piece of a movie. Dude, that is that is great. 
What 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 do you what do you charge for that? For... It's it's totally varies. So like yeah. if you if you if you want one scene, uh-huh. it's more expensive. But if you're doing like a whole package, like uh-huh. uh, I had an actress, she wanted four different scenes, you know. So we and so and and they're all custom, right? So I wrote the scene. Oh, you wrote it for it? Too. I helped Damn, them help to cast it, and well, because it's different. Like uh-huh. so, you know, this particular actress, yeah. she's right for certain things. Like uh-huh. okay, so I needed a scene where she's a mom. I needed a scene where she's a, a businesswoman. And a romantic scene, like, but she comes to you type. asking you for those t- for those types, or were you looking? Well, we at her discussed saying, it, you know. Oh, so oh. everybody's different, like, yeah. you know, I I can't play lab geek, it yeah. just won't you. I won't buy it, you know. I get I get cast as the same four things over and over again. It's like mm-hmm. so, I need scenes that show that, mm-hmm. and maybe like, um, one of the things that I, I my my clients like is like I like they like one dark dirty role, so like uh-huh. a drug addict uh-huh. or like a homeless person or something like that. It's like yeah. so they can show that range. Like uh-huh. I can go ugly, don't worry, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like so, and and they haven't been able to book a role like that, but they want to. Uh-huh. So use that real footage to demonstrate, hey, I I can actually do this. It's like I may not, I may walk in the room looking like you know a soap opera star, but really I can be a drug, I can be a drug addict if you need me to. It's uh-huh. like so I'll write that scene for them and we'll shoot it, you know and. I don't. I, I didn't know this until I started making movies. Like syringes are cheap. You can, you can get oh, those yeah. easy. So I found a pile of them at the beach in Malibu. It's last a great week. prop. I mean, I wouldn't use dirty syringes in front of the huh. beach, but huh. you can totally go to like you know CVS pharmacy and they'll they give them to you. You know. Oh yeah. Like oh. maybe you have diabetes. I don't know. But like there you go. And like it's 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 cheap, but that's a heck of a prop. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you just put a little bit of fake blood on the end of that thing, uh-huh. and you know that's a heck yeah. of a thing right there. Wow. Um. When did you start? Um. Start. Okay. So. When, because what is the inception of reactant films? What is what does that mean to you, reactant films? Oh. So, um, one of my nicknames is the Catalyst, oh. and when uh, so the raw materials are uh, reactant. Was... So if you, when you when you apply a catalyst to reactants, you get a solution. That's that's deep. I, I dig that. I dig that. <laughs> you know, that, and yeah. and the truth is, there's a lot like a uh-huh. lot of studio names, like uh-huh. other th- other everything else I came up with was already uh-huh. taken, um, but. It's like you bring all the different elements together, uh-huh. and you can have something new, yeah, and exciting. I like your, know. I like your, uh, your uh, logo. By the, the way, little, yeah. the way that comes together. That's <laughs> uh, that's cool. Did you, uh, did you make that? I had a friend make it. Yeah, it's it okay. just it's it's the early design. Like you got to bring in all the different parts to make something new. Yeah, you know, and it sort of like emerges like these new products and combination uh-huh. of the colors. So did um, was the first short film you made a reactant film? It was. Oh. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, I, I was trying to take acting seriously, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get enough work. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, if I'm not going to get, if I'm not going to be able to find the work, and this is back when I was still living in San Diego, uh-huh. so they just don't make that many films, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and again, I, if you don't have a resume, it's even harder. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to wait for somebody to give me an opportunity. I'm going to make my own. And that's I just sort that. of, that's just sort of been... Like my thing with somebody like, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't wait for somebody to bring something to me. I'm going to make my own, you know, and like that's just like a entrepreneur mindset that some people have. And I was mm-hmm. just made that way. I'm like, I'm not going to wait for somebody to bring something to me. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to make it. And the, the crazy thing about that is that when you start doing things like that, people do bring things to you. It's like he's doing something. Uh-huh. It's like I want to be part of it. Like, because there's so much talk, especially in this uh, time. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. Uh-huh. Oh, we're going to be doing so many things, man. And like, you see them double down. It's like, yeah. oh, we're going to do a short. Oh, no, actually, we're going to do a web series now when time goes by. And we're going to do a full budget feature. Then we're going to have action figures for the movie. Then we're gonna, it's like, no, no, no. Mm. Shoot the thing first. Like, just shoot, shoot, shoot. Stop getting bogged down with how great and big this thing can be. Shoot it. Yeah. Talk less, shoot more. <laughs> yeah. 
please to live by you know and uh. and, and and i think a lot of the times like when you get too many people involved it, it also like there's too many chefs in the kitchen yeah it's like oh i wanted to be the lead in this thing or i wanted you know to write this part and like it gets like argued over it's like that much. actor class group that gets together we're gonna make shorts together and then no one can well can... i i have been a part of so many of those yeah you know and i've been i think i've gone to like five different acting schools now mm-hmm. and that's always there yeah everyone's like oh we're gonna make stuff and maybe one in 20 actually get made you know yeah and um the and then there's me and i'm like i'm just gonna keep making films the whole time you know it's like you guys yeah. talk i'm gonna shoot when you get when you guys are writing i'm gonna shoot when you guys are fussing about get i'm gonna shoot and like yeah i've made 10 films in the amount of time that they made one you know and there's value in that That's it's like so much yeah dude. it's like just make it don't worry about making it right make it you know because <laughs> you at the end of the day the film that wins is the one that's made <laughs> no shit. you know yeah it's like if you go to these sometimes these go to these film festivals and you're like how the heck did this thing get selected you know yeah. it's like throw it in there try yeah you know because yeah. the person who you know starts this this project is way ahead of the guy who never got off the couch it's like oh well i i lost creative control so i decided not to do it it's like yeah i i've been a part of projects that i i was like oh man you know this is going to be you know just an absolute mess but it's like but there's always value right i I was a part of um a project last year that it like nothing was going right it's just like Mm -hmm. these guys were new Mm -hmm. and they were trying to do too many things and it was just a mess but i met two other people part of that production that are like my boys now, you know, yeah. and we're going to do everything together. And like, yeah. and like, there's such, there's such a value there because they were also people like me. that have been like, it ain't great, but they had a great attitude. They mm-hmm. were trying to make the best out of this situation, you know? And we also recognize the talent. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, this guy, he knows what he's talking about. I can <laughs> learn from that guy. I can work with this guy, you know? So even though the project, I don't even know if it get made, you know, yeah. but, um, but there's, there's value because I met these people uh-huh. that are just as committed. And I, if I hadn't volunteered to do that project and I uh-huh. volunteered, you know, yeah. it's like, I wouldn't have met them. Right. I love that. Um, yeah. I, those are, those are the best stories. Those are like, that's what you, that's your reward for putting yourself out there. Right. I mean, um, I mean, this is a little, this is a little Put bit yourself off, out there off, do it. off the rails, but I mean, this is how I met my, my girlfriend. Like I went and did a, a staged play reading in at some community theater in Venice beach, just because I'm this thirsty and wanted to have yes. a fun time. And she's not even an actress and she was just there because she wanted to do something different, get out of her comfort zone. And you know what? It, that's history, man. Like I, I wouldn't have been there if I write that rom-com, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have met her if I hadn't put myself in that situation because of following my passions right yeah. so don't think you're better than anything it's like just say yes and you'll find yourself in in places where, where you're you have a position to grow to learn you know it's like i i can't begin to tell you how many times like i i was you know assistant gaffer on mm. some bogus project and mm. i learned something that i use to this day mm. um when i was first buying the light package for um my films I didn't know what to get one and yeah. I'm shopping around. I'm like, this is really expensive. I know. And I was an assistant gaffer on a short film. Uh-huh. Like a gaffer on a short film is not the biggest deal. An assistant to a gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, they're like, will you also like hang everybody's coats up? You know, like, like, like I was that guy and I was happy to be there. That gaffer, because I had a great attitude and did everything he asked. And I asked him probative questions was like, when you go to buy your light package, Drop my name with this sales rep, and he got me my lights for fifty percent off. Save me huge. Yeah. Why? Because I made him look good on that day. 
Yeah. And I was like happy and willing to do whatever he wanted. Bring the light case over here. Bring it back. Bring it out. Bring it back. Like put uh-huh. the lights away. Nice. Take care of everything. Like, and I, I asked him, I was like, why did you, why did you do this? Like, what is, what's the purpose of this? Like, how did you know to bounce it there and like uh-huh. use the diffusion here? And he was a good guy. So he was willing to explain these things to me. And if you take interest in someone else's expertise, it's flattering. You know, because if he looked like he didn't know what he was doing, I wouldn't have been asking him those questions. Mm. So he recognized that. And he was just like, this guy has this genuine want to learn. And he's like, and he respects what I have to say. And I was, you know, very interested. And I was, you know, soaking it up. And it's like, that's that was the value of that project for me. I didn't make a dime on it. You know, and I, uh-huh. I gave up a, a day's worth of time when I could have been doing something else. And, you know, that was seven years ago. And I still have the lights that he helped me buy. You know, because uh-huh. they were durable, versatile, uh-huh. and inexpensive at the end of the day. Are they LEDs or uh, they are. plugins? Oh, yeah. Nice. So you can yeah. beat them up, and you don't have to change the bulbs, and they're yeah. bi-color focus, and Oof. they, you know, they have, yeah. they have. He he had these ones, you know, that have like a battery pack, so you don't uh-huh. need to be plugged into a wall outlet. You can bring that light with you anywhere. Oh, this is so clutch. So clutch. And I now oh. I know how important all that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, when um. When did you start? When did you say, like, I feel comfortable enough to, like, have... Because you get hired out by people to help yeah. make their films, right? Like, yeah. when, when did you feel like uh, you were... Or did you even have that feeling where you're just like, fuck it. You know what? I can do this. Uh, well, also, I have always overestimated my own abilities. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to do this, but uh-huh. by the time I need to, I will. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the absolute best that I can. And there are some mm. things like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you need to be a focus puller on a sophisticated camera system and you don't know how to do that, don't say you can, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh-huh. be like, um, but if you understand that there are, if, because a lot of independent film, you're, you're working on a small budget. Like I don't do a lot of studio work when I do studio stuff. It's more like, um, production assistant stuff, you know, or yeah. like my friend's the DP and he knows my skill set and what I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the weird thing is, like, the, for the studio stuff, sometimes I get picked up for helping actors with individual performances, you know, and that's, like, the acting background. It's like, you'd never think that's a thing, but it is because, you know, the main director is going to be working with the, the leads, but the uh-huh. secondary actors, they need somebody who's make sure that they're prepped and ready to go. Uh-huh. I can do that. I can warm them up. You know, it's like really? the, you know, if you think of a pitcher for a baseball game, uh-huh. they don't just head out to the mound cold. Yeah. They got to warm them up, so yeah. you need somebody to help them do that. Damn. What do you do with them? Do you just, like, go go through their scenes or something make sure they're prepared yeah it's like i was like all right do you know so like there's a short checklist Uh i go over and with something like a studio project that i didn't write yeah um i gotta break down the scene real quick and there's there's just a short list of things i always want to look at so i actually have this um you need to know the location right because the location of wherever you're shooting really matters what how like the volume of your voice are you in the privacy of your own home so you can yell as loud as you want are you out in the street are there other people going to hear you uh, is, you know, the parents of the person you're arguing with in the other room. So you have to have an argument like this in a very controlled way, but still have all the emotion. Uh-huh. Like that location will tell you those things. Uh, the, the, other, the second thing is the moment before. What happened right before the scene starts? So you have to have that emotional light. Are you walking in the room because the police were chasing you outside mm-hmm. and you just came in the room and you got like, oh my God. Like, and you close the door and you're like, thank God I just made it, you know? Like all that has to be on your body. And you have to come mm-hmm. in with the emotional life because the the life in the scene doesn't start 
when the when it's written on the page. Like that actor and that character had a whole life before they got to that moment. And you have yeah. to be really crystal clear about what happened right before your first line. So when you look at your person, you know, all that all that has to be on your body already. Um, the relationship. Now there's two sides to the relationship in the scene. There's the facts of the relationship. Are we friends? Are we coworkers? Am I your your father and you're my son? And then the the emotions, like how do you feel about that person? Are they my best friend and I, you know, I, I love them dearly? Are they my coworker and I can't stand them? Or is, you know, is this my my son who's a constant disappointment? Or am I trying to live vicariously them? And all the, the way I feel about that other person will inform how the, the lines come out. And if the actors don't know those things, you have to uh -huh. make that really clear for them in the moment. Yeah. You're like, how do you feel about them? You know? And then the final thing is like, what do you want in this scene from a partner and how are you going to get it? You know, which is something that Fran talks about a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, you know, simplistic way of saying, like, what is the objective in this scene? Mm -hmm. They want something. The, the scene is taking place because it's important. If it's bothered, if they bother to write this scene out, it matters because there's no, there's no fat in a movie. It's all, it's all lean meat. You know, we don't have time to shoot the, everything that happens. Mm -hmm. You can only shoot the stuff that really matters, that drives the story forward. So this scene matters. And if you read the scene and you can't figure out why, you got to put reason why. Yeah. It's like, because this is the last time I ever talked to my father. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. And all of a sudden, that scene really matters. Yeah. Even if, like, uh -huh. so one of the things I did as an acting teacher one time is I wrote a garbage scene. Uh -huh. And garbage meaning, like, a bad scene? It was terrible. So the dialogue uh -huh. was garbage. Uh -huh. It's a conversation about um, hot dogs and hot dog buns. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Uh -huh. And what I did was I gave them really interesting circumstances. Uh -huh. So I had a scene where... Um, this is a, a divorced couple that this is the first time they've seen each other in five years since this horrific divorce. And they've stood this stupid conversation about hot dogs and hot dog buns. But huh. that is on. It, it's, it's the subtext. Yeah. They're not talking about hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talking about their failed marriage uh -huh. and maybe the regret or everything that's happened after that uh -huh. or how they're still angry at each other or they're still in love. And then I had this other scene. So I had the, I had the whole class do this same dialogue. Mm -hmm. And then this other scene was one was a person tied to a chair and the other person was the one who tied them to the chair and oh, they had nice. this stupid conversation about hot dogs and hamburger <laughs> you know and it's like because uh -huh. it it's not about the words yeah. it's what's behind them it's uh -huh. about the feeling what's the person in the chair doing they're trying to survive this moment yes let's talk about this yeah or that even makes them scarier he comes in and he's talking mm -hmm. about hot dogs oh my god he's a crazy person <laughs> he's gonna chop me up and feed me he's gonna put me through a hot dog processor uh -huh. you know like yeah. and all all of us and and what the class got to see is how different the same words can be, hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so it's, it's not just what, what the lines on the page because everyone thinks that's what it's about. It ain't about that. You know, the relationship changes, the location changes the moment before it's really different, you know? So if you uh -huh. give if you again, like it's not what you can't do because you can't change the words that are on the page. You have to say the words. Yeah. But what can you do with those words? All of the space around those words, you get uh -huh. to fill that up. You know, uh, I saw um, just a, Denzel Washington do this this piece, and in the middle of the scene, he he hawks this big loogie off to the side. It's not in the script anywhere. He just did it as an improv, mm. and you get to see the other actor deal with that uh -huh. because it's gross and it's uh -huh. vulgar and it's not any like it's just. He says, starts saying the line, and then he continues the line, and the other person 
be the, the other actor made the choice like to be horrifically insulted by that you know but yeah. like what a gift yeah, that Denzel gave that other actor right? it's like that's a huge thing to work off of and here's the great thing about film that you can't do with theater if that didn't work take two yep yep oh man theater's scary theater can be scary it's so fun but it's scary man yeah it well it's, less... it's 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 almost like people like to say it's like you know acting that is so super different mm-hmm. one long take <laughs> right you know and then yeah. the live audience i mean there's so, it's so different keep your volume at a certain level make sure the person in the back can hear you it's it's really a different yeah it's a different uh, skill set completely you know yeah. um because film especially with all of the high definition cameras now it's so much more intimate I know. You know, and every like do less, do less, do less. And with theater, you have to keep it big for the to fill the room. So people in the back back of the stage can be like, did he just twitch his mouth? Is that what happened in that moment? Yeah. It's like, no, it's uh-huh. like we need to see the, the large gestures and everything like that. Whereas yeah. film is like so subtle. Mm-hmm. You know, like just like the little tilt of the head, and all of a sudden you're like, oh wow, he's really disappointed in that moment. Mm-hmm. And if you were in a theater, even by the second row, they would miss it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that's one of the, the amazing things about film. And the most difficult things about it is like every little thing sh- uh-huh. it translates huge. Yeah, you know. Oh man. Um. Uh. Well, what what would you say? Do you have any? I mean, this whole thing has basically been advice. I mean, this has been you. You, you got. I just want to say you. Your your passion for this, this subject. <laughs> like, I want to get out and shoot. Like, I'm, I know. Well, I'm, that's. I'm dying. You know, if I, I if I you know if I leave you with anything is like as soon as I leave here, you gotta be like. Dude, I got freaking shoot something. God, no, I, don't, I don't care. I got my I phone. Shoot I'm something. turning the video. Yeah, on. for We're really. Like, yeah, no. And nowadays, like the excuse yeah. is gone. Say you have. Yeah. Say you don't have anything. It's like turn on your stupid phone and mm-hmm. shoot. Use that video and Dude. then shoot that. Oh and then God. you know, get get your friend or your roommate or your family member that you're already in quarantine with and shoot a little scene, because <laughs> then you shot something. Right. And then, you know, and then you'll learn doing it. You're like, man, why didn't that work? That why does that look funny? This it's like there's always something to be gained. So, the goal of filmmaking can't be to be famous it can't even be like the film at the end your goal of filmmaking has to be to learn you know working with other artists uh-huh. is the reward that's a win right there you know because like i was talking about you when when have you made it it's like if you get to work with other creative people uh-huh. that's a win that's it yeah. right there like you already won uh-huh. if that's what your goal is you uh-huh. win like i every time i make something i'm gonna test myself i'm gonna do things outside my comfort zone and it's going to be hard. And that has its own value. It's like, man, this is difficult. And thank God. Yeah. That's, it's wonderful as uh-huh. a result, you know? Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh-huh. it's a creative outlet, you know, making films and, and working with artists. And, and that in and all of itself has its own value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, just if you're all by yourself, and, you know, you live alone and you're high risk. So you can't work and see, see anybody else at all. Um, download a Shakespearean monologue and work with that. Because there's no way you can you can ever get to the end of Shakespeare. It's like there's so much depth in every one of his lines. First of all, it's always difficult. And the more times you do it. So I've been working on Richard III's opening monologue oh. for three years. Really? And Damn. every couple of months, I'm making a new discovery. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's really what he's saying in that moment. you know. And it's like it, it, it forever challenges you. you know. It's like the, the really great writers of our time. If like there's no limit to the amount of depth you can go into their work, just keep doing it over and over and over, and you make new discoveries. Um, famously, is it Yule Brenner who was in The King and I? He did oh, it. Wow. He did. He did The King and I for something crazy like ten years uh-huh. um, in theater, and they're like, "How? Yeah. How can you keep doing the same uh-huh. thing?" And he's like, "It's never the same." 
you know, and that's what that's what you have to be as an artist. It's like um, so he's in the Joker, right? Joaquin Phoenix when he walks out onto the stage for the Murray Show with Robert De Niro, he came out just through the curtain twenty mm. different ways, never the same. Mm. It was always different, and that's how it always has to be. Even just making an entrance should be different every time. It's never the same. Yeah, you know every 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 line in every script can be said different ways with different emphasis with different thoughts going through your head uh-huh. with different circumstances it's like and and then the subtext you can always change it you know as i saw from that stupid scene with the hot dogs and hamburgers it's like oh uh-huh. man you can layer so much into that yeah you know and, and, and always like thinking about what you can do and not worrying about what you can't and the at the end the the final product is just a bonus if you have something that you can look back and and actually appreciate and enjoy that's just extra. You know what I mean? Damn. The it's... process of making films is what it's all about for me. That's great. That is beautifully said, man. I honestly I I'm I'm glad you said that because I I needed to hear that. Cuz that is that's my favorite takeaway from what I did is like working with all those people. Mhm. And I'll remember that way longer than It's so much fun. Yeah. You know, we talked about the 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 hereafter the post-apocalyptic film. Yeah. It's like the whole production was 2 days. Uh-huh. You know, but I have so many emotions and memories attached to that short period of time, like that I can draw back from. Like, oh man, that was a blast! So uh-huh. many crazy things happened. Like, where'd you get that train? By the way, was that well? So that 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 um, there's an abandoned train uh-huh. out East County of San Diego. No shit, just sitting out there, huh? Yeah. Wow. You know, and and that's one of those things. Like that train decided what we shot. Yeah, dude, that was like. You know? The production value of that train alone is like <laughs> exactly <just> right. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and that and that was a zero budget film, right? So yeah. you have to look at what you have, mm-hmm. right? Do you have anything that's interesting? Um, I I shot in this house one time, and we went to, we were just looking around the house to see what we could shoot, and in the garage was this old timey car, uh-huh. and I was like, oh my god, because it's different and unique, uh-huh. and I was like, does this start? And she goes, no, and I'm like, perfect. <laughs> now the whole movie comes about them trying to start this old car up to make a getaway, right? Because like. We have no other car. We have to make this thing start. And so uh, it's like this obstacle that the characters always have to deal with. Yeah. I didn't know until I saw it. And I was like, all right, uh-huh. well, this is it now. You know? And the, uh-huh. and the best thing of it is like the engine would turn over like just a little. I was like, ah, <laughs> like it's perfect. Yeah. You know? So you just uh-huh. use what you have. It's like take a look around. And because you, we're all creatives, right? What can I do with what I have? Mm. You know what I mean? Don't shoot against the white walls. You know? Find something interesting mm-hmm. and shoot that. You know what I mean? Or... Yeah. Like you should see my apartment. Dude. I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have four square inches of white wall in my whole place because it's really? all like because uh, I'm a maniac. I'm a creative. Yeah. And it's like I have uh-huh. like stuff everywhere to constantly inspire me and like trigger different thoughts and emotions that I can use. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this like creative cocoon that I've developed uh-huh. at my house because I have to spend so much time indoors now. Yeah. So no matter where I look, I have inspiration. That's beautiful. I can be like, oh yes, you know, uh-huh. it's all like so the the Dark Knight Joker. He's on my wall. Oh yeah. Great. You know, so yeah. I look at that and I'm just uh-huh. like, how good can a villain be? You betcha. <laughs> Yes, sir. You know, you almost find mm-hmm. yourself rooting for the bad guy. That's how good that villain is. Well, if that doesn't inspire you, like that's how good it can be. Yeah. When I watched The Joker, I was like, this is where my filmmaking should be. That's what I got to aim for. You uh-huh. know, where the tone and the story and the, and the acting was at that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, I can't have a whole city backdrop to shoot on. But man, can I make a dark man's journey? Emotional, you know, and, and also like that film really did it all for me. Like, because yeah. it dealt with mental health, you know, uh-huh. and like being an outcast and feeling like those are things that you don't have to be someone special to understand and relate to. Yeah, there are things. So 
there's so many different corners of the world, right? You uh-huh. know, especially in like LA, people are from all over the place. But the universal language is emotion. Every single being that walks this earth knows loss, mm-hmm. knows disappointment, knows sadness, knows anger, knows frustration. So if you have a story with those elements in it, it's something that everyone can relate to. Yeah. yeah. And you don't need those big budget tricks. You know, you don't need the interstellar planets and the mm-hmm. giant black holes and all that stuff like that. Uh-huh. You don't need the spaceships. You just have to have a real human emotional journey, you know, and you can do that with a couple of friends and a camera, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Um, dude, veritas means truth. And you, <laughs> you just dropped so much truth on us, man. I honestly like I'm I'm hyped to listen back to this like for the rest of my life because because <laughs> because I think this is great. This is all great. This is so inspiring, man. Um, well, I think with everything that's going on right now, it's really easy to have anxiety, to get depressed, to lose focus. And, yeah. and just because there's so many, there's so many excuses now to why we can't do something. There's a lot of get out of jail free cards because like, ah, I would, but quarantine, I would, but the virus. Yeah. And it's like, don't think about what you can't do. Think about what you can. Because right now we, we have a time where you can go on YouTube and research anything. You want to learn uh-huh. how to edit? Well, there's 240 videos on how to edit in Final Cut or Adobe Premiere, or whatever whatever your chosen thing is. And a lot of them offer like a free 30 days. So you can spend 30 days working on being an editor. You know what I mean? Like, And then have that in your back pocket for when... Because once, once this ends, and eventually it, this too shall pass. Yeah. If you haven't improved yourself by the end of this, you have wasted your time. Always be moving forward. Always be making progress. And so that's it's reading, it's watching videos. It's, do what you got to do. There's so many different things. You know, I was just thinking about like, you know, so I, I, I have not worked with green screens a lot. Uh-huh. So I've been doing all this research, uh-huh. do, watching free videos on how uh-huh. to best use green screens. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's, a, it's a weakness in my skill set that I won't have by the time this is over. Yeah. You know, I'll have learned about that, you uh-huh. know. And, and also there's so many like inspirational filmmakers to watch like they do interviews and stuff like that it's like use that whatever mm-hmm. you need to drive you to keep making to keep making art because you know like doctors have an obligation to practice medicine engineers have an obligation to build things artists have an obligation to create that i think that's that's the best way to cap it i think what, what do you think but that is beautiful um sorry it has been a pleasure this is a great dude, conversation i mean the time oh flew God. by i don't even know how long it's been it's been uh shit i think it's been an hour hour and a half yeah hour and a half know. man flew by um, it's when good conversations are right dude i'm so glad that i thank you irene muzzy for uh for putting us together even though it's taken so long to finally have but better better late than never right um, yeah we miss you irene i hope to get back in class with you again soon um man follow follow, uh, follow him uh follow michael at uh at reactant films on instagram please uh check him out yep we're out and, there uh, Available for hiring for man. If you uh, need headshots, reactive photography. If you uh, need custom reels, and also if you just um, because so right now I'm casting ten shorts and a feature, and I have uh, a web series and a short in post production. So if you just even if you don't know that you might be right for any of the roles, you can always send me a headshot and resume at reactivefilms at gmail, and you can contact me through Instagram or Facebook. And I, I'm always happy just to meet new actors. And uh, you never know, I might have a role that's right for you. Ooh, shit. Um, well, you might just have a customer with the, with the, with the headshots and the, and the demo footage. Right? I'd, uh, I'd be happy uh, to. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, dude, thank you for coming on. I, I hope we can, I'm, I'm going to 
you know, think think about a thousand more questions I can ask you, and we have to do this again sometime I, because this I is would be happy this to come back. super super enlightening, inspiring, um, and fun. More no, you can't tell, but I'm smiling underneath the mask. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, was, I, was just, like, I hope everyone knows I'm really happy to yeah. be talking to him. This is um, my happy mask face. Yeah. Um, we're just cosplaying as Bane. You know, I'm not <laughs> permission right. to podcast. Um, thank you, man. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>